0: And so we drop the curtain on an 8-2 road trip for the Toronto Blue Jays. That, of course, sets up a big week of baseball at the Rogers Centre. Five games against the Tampa Bay Rays. Three against the Baltimore Orioles. Kevin, an 8-2 road trip. Pretty good. But, this afternoon, with the Rays losing, with the Orioles already having lost with the chance to close in on the Rays, with the chance to put more ground between yourself and the Orioles, with the chance to keep pace with Seattle, who's winning right now, Kevin Barker. The Jays went with a bullpen game on September 11th. <laughs> uh, I would argue that this loss, well, you can trace this loss back to an offseason, where Yusei Kikuchi was signed for three years and $36 million, and nobody else was added to give this organization some starting pitching depth. The fact that the Toronto Blue Jays, with this payroll, are going with a bullpen day on September 11th, it's not good. And, and, And even on this bullpen day, I mean, even on this bullpen day, Kevin Barker, it's Yusei Kikuchi who basically blows the game for the Jays. Now, they were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. I get that. I I get that. But Martin Perez is not the worst pitcher in baseball. I mean, I'm sorry, Kevin Barker. I think this game was lost when you say Kikuchi gave up that home run. Yeah, I don't. I think uh,
1: you know. You mentioned it. I mean, I hate to come on here when they're eight and two on a road trip and be negative. You I mean they should have been nine and one? Like if you if you could have a in September eleventh, the 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 depth of your rotation could could be a little bit longer, and you wouldn't have to use six six guys against a team that, quite frankly, I don't care who's on the mound for them. Like, that team is not real good right now, and you are fighting for a championship, and it sort of comes out, and you have to use six six bullpen arms. And Trevor Richards looked like he'd had four days off. For me, that's where it started. You know, the, the mm-hmm. lefties were three for three off him. He threw strike one, one out of the five batters, threw 26 pitches, threw 15 strikes. That sort of set the tone. Like, it just, you know, when you're starting to watch it, you're excited, can't wait for the Jays just to get it down again. It's singing. Get out of there with a sweep. Now you're feeling all frisky because you see the Orioles are lost and, and the Rays are looking like the Rays are getting their butts kicked by the Yankees. And now all of a sudden you can go in tied, you know, in the big series at home against the Rays five games, four days. And now all of a sudden you have to throw six guys your team looks flat. Martin Perez is getting a bigger strikes on than most human beings at the big league level should ever get. Look, I what is what is that guy's name? I wrote it down. Rob Drake. Rob Drake. Like I just don't get it. Like it's the big league level. This is September. You if when you're an umpire you have bad days in April and May, not in September. Tell me well, why he's getting a, a seven inches in off the plate. He's, it's both teams. It's just not the Blue Jays. But all of a sudden, because Martin Perez is mechanically sound and a very, very smart pitcher, he saw the exact same thing I was seeing, and every guy, every person that was watching the Jays game. Okay, if you're giving it to me, I'm going to continue to throw it in there. If this umpire at September 11th is going to give you this, it's, it's just the, the automated strike zones are coming. I don't like it. I think it's a joke that we're even talking about this, but when you watch games like Rob Drake is umpiring behind the plate, you can see that why they want to add that.
0: It was an eight and two road trip, nonetheless. The numbers to call are four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. Name and location, please. Kevin, I wanted to ask you, especially. Especially Bo Bichette in this game. Now there were you're right. The strike zone was bad for both teams, and you're right. Martin Perez seemed to be a little more comfortable working with that strike zone.
1: He's a good pitcher. But I wanted
0: to ask. I wanted to ask you this. Uh, Bo Bichette is in an un, he's on a, an unconscious roll right now. I mean, he just said we'll we'll talk about this tomorrow in Blair and Bark. We do the whole damn show on Bo Bichette and what he's done. <laughs> but we watched Bo's reaction to a couple of those pitches. We also saw Matt Chapman's reaction, but I'm, I'm particularly interested in Bo's reaction. Let me tell you this, or let me ask you this, because you've played. When you are a hitter on a roll the way Bo is, is it even more? Because you know you're seeing the ball well. Like, that has to be part of why Bo is having success right now, is he's seeing the ball well. I would think that's got to be even more frustrating, because you know it's not a strike. Because you are so locked in, you know it's not a
1: strike. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, there's swing counts. You know, Martin Perez, again, is having a good year. He's mechanically sound. He can throw the ball where he wants to throw it. He's throwing the the backdoor cutters. He's throwing the sinkers down. He's tunneling the changeup off that away. He'll keep you honest with a four-seamer in. When you take a pitch, you think the ball, when you're feeling the way Bo's feeling, that sets the next pitch up, and then you think you have to chase. Now, you know, it's not always what Bo's swinging at. It's how mentally sound he is with his mechanics, and, he, you know, he, he thinks he's in a – a happy place and when you think you're in a happy place you tend to be able to get the barrel to more baseballs than most human beings. Yeah it's frustrating. Like it's but again I'm gonna be the first guy to raise your hand raise my hand and say you sort of first time through against him you knew this was the case. Like you knew the conversation and then you see John Snyder coming out and having a conversation early in the game about you know the strike's on you can't give him five inches in and give him five inches away. I mean this guy's just too good. He's gonna locate and the game will be one nothing in the sixth inning sort of exactly what it was. But I'm going to be the guy. All of these right-handed hitters against a lefty knows what we know we're watching, what you're seeing at the plate, make an adjustment. I don't know what that is. Scoot closer to plate trying to make the target smaller for him. Don't do go to the plate and do the exact same thing over and over and over again. And that's exactly what the Blue Jays do. Maybe this is why other than they just don't face a ton of lefties a lot. Maybe this is why you see the, you know, the easier way of a lefty being able to work through a lineup when they shouldn't quite frankly be able to do that just because buying into have to making an adjustment in game. Right. It's the if he's trying to get me looking away to try and get me out in, maybe I should try and eliminate one of those sides and go to the plate and make an adjustment. We just consistently don't see that. But again, you tip your hat to the catcher. He saw what we were seeing. The pitcher could execute that. They had a game plan. They went out and did it, and they beat the Blue Jays.
0: Kevin, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we did see out of the relievers today. First of all, when you have a bullpen day, uh, it. It stands to reason that Yusei Kikuchi is going to be used. We talked ad nauseum, and I know that Caleb Joseph talked about this in Blue Jay Central, about sort of the, the pockets, right? How the Jays, how, how you try to script out this game. Uh, so I'm really not, uh, I'm not, I'm not second-guessing when Yusei Kikuchi was used or, that he's used or that he was used. My only second guess is of the front office that we have to have a bullpen day on September 11th, so I, I don't necessarily want to get in that. But I wanted to touch on a positive here. I think this is a positive at least. Texas is not a good team. You're right. But, Kevin, Julian Merriweather, Julian Merriweather in his last two outings has been pretty good. He hit 98 today. I know. It. Again, I, I understand. Texas, not a very good team. But he was okay his last time out against Baltimore. Look, we know that there is going to there may very well be at least one more bullpen day down the road. I would assume that the way this thing is going to play out with that doubleheader against Texas, there's a good chance that Julian Merriweather, if he can be this effective, that his number is going to be called a couple of times. you seeing anything out of him so far in those two games that, that gives you cause for hope with this guy? Because we know what he was like a couple of years ago, and we we know all about his injury history. But I also, Kevin, close my eyes and think back to that series he had at Yankee Stadium. Again, I know it was a couple of years ago. But are you seeing something out of this guy that makes you think that he might be useful?
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it depends on when you use him, right? They brought him in facing the the bottom of the order, which is sort of what they're trying to do is, you know, you want to get him off to a good start. You don't want to put him in sort of what you were trying to allude to with when they brought Yusei Kikuchi in to face the two, three, four hitters in the order. You'd rather not do that, right? You won't want to bring him in against a couple of lefties. You'd rather bring him in the bottom of the order. If one of them's a lefty, you know, really doesn't matter if they're at the bottom of the order for a reason. I like the way he was locating the sinker. Just don't throw the thing down the middle if he doesn't do that because it's 98 99 miles an hour with a little bit later movement like it had today you got a better chance of getting some people out the slider that's the best slider i've seen him have he had a backdoor when he could throw to steal a strike he had the one he could eliminate people with it was much better against righties like he had a little bit more confidence in it Uh, you know he wasn't shaking a whole ton which will tell you that he was in sync he had good feel he had good finish he had good you know rhythm and he could get it out in front. When he gets it out in front, you see the better velocity. You see the better movement. You see the later break on the slider. I just still, I'm not in the camp of big moment, one-run lead, facing the meat of the order. Do you feel comfortable giving it to Julie Merriweather? I don't, but down the stretch they may have to just depending. Again, this gets back to – I would assume today they didn't bring him in when they brought Yusei Kikuchi in because of where the lineup was at and because who probably wasn't available at the end of the game. Maybe you're using him because of how hard he throws at the end of the game instead of at the beginning of the game.
0: 416-870-0590-Star 666 590 vitech Shlomo, and Scarborough. You want to talk about Yusei Kikuchi?
2: Yeah, well, the front office on a whole, like, listen, I'm happy with the streak the guys have been on, but I'm noticing, like, a theme here. Like, uh, I would love for the front office to learn from the mistakes a little bit more. Like Kikuchi said, he'd be fine to go down to AAA and work some things out. We keep seeing this repeat over and over again, and it feels like, okay, last, last trade deadline, they made the mistake with Brad Hand. This tra- trade deadline, this Maryfield trade, it would be really nice to have Castillo now because he's looked better than all the other options. And I heard what Alex Anthopoulos said. He wants to go out at trade deadlines and get guys that his manager can feel comfortable putting into the starting lineup or putting coming out of the pen. Other than Anthony Bass, I feel like Ross is just making deals here to make deals and not learning from his past mistakes. Like, send Kikuchi down, brings anybody up, even Gage, somebody that's had some, some success here, because we're watching a repeat over and over again. Wondering your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, thanks, Shlomo. Listen, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, right? Uh, I don't understand the Matt Gage thing. I I really don't. Um, sending Kikuchi down to A. it's nice that he sort of volunteered to do that, although I'm led to believe that it was less a volunteer and more kind of, dude, what can we do with you <laughs> more than anything else? Like, I don't think you say Kikuchi went in there and said, John, send Would me you? down to Triple A. am good you? to go. No hell no. I wouldn't. Uh, I I wouldn't do that either. you're going to pay me? I'm I'm staying up here. I got my major league meal money. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go down. a plane. What do you want? I'm not going to go down to AAA and pitch in Rochester or places like that. But uh, listen, uh, they need another lefty in this bullpen. Um, They do. Uh, Tim Mesa. They need another lefty in this bullpen. I think. Say, I don't mind Tim Mesa. Or another, I, 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 or or Kevin, at least another useful arm. Now maybe Nate Pearson is that yeah, guy. We don't know. He's down rehab in AAA. I know how we, we all feel the same way about Nate Pearson. When you know, we'll believe Nate Pearson when we see that he actually exists and pitches in, in the majors. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're going to have a bullpen day, if if that is the hand that you are dealt, as John Schneider, or even a non-declared bullpen day, which I would argue any Mitch White start is essentially a. That's a bullpen day with an asterisk beside it. For the most part, uh, you are going to use you say Kikuchi in some form if he is in your bullpen. You are not going to stay away from him. You you just aren't. So essentially, for 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 John Schneider and Pete Walker, Kevin, it's we got to use this guy. Let's try to use him in a position where he's not going to do a great deal of damage. We use him against left-handers. He can be effective against left-handers. Now, good left-handers, okay, good left-handed hitters can hit anybody. But if you got him, you're gonna try to use him. You're gonna try to find a weak spot, a soft underbelly in the lineup to get him in there. I, I was, you know, this matchup today. I mean, he gave up he gave up a two-run home run to a guy with almost 90 RBI and 26, 24, 26 home runs. Mm-hmm. So uh but but I also think Kevin, John Schneider manages these bullpen games like a guy who needs his team to do better than 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position.
1: Yeah, I, I, for me, yeah. I think I think you say Kikuchi the easy finger to, to point on, to point at. It's not him today. For me, it wasn't anyway. Trevor Richards sort of looked like he had had four days between outings, and when you looking like that, it just sort of gets your team off to a blah. And they were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. Look, I, I know they don't try and do that, but the at bats that they were having with runners in scoring position wasn't great. It was the over swinging. It was the big daddy hacks that they like to take because they're trying to hit a three run homer with a guy standing at first. You can't do that all the time. Sometimes, at least against a guy like Martin Perez, you got to take what he gives you, and especially when you got the umpire back there calling balls and strikes with his eyes closed. Just you got to shorten up a little bit. You got to try, try and go the other way. And if you don't, it sort of looks like it did today. So again, I know everybody. It's an easy finger to point at. You say I'm not going to do that today. I think it's a, a a team loss. You know, it would look a lot better if they were nine and one instead of eight and two. But let's remember, they were still eight and two, and I think they're in that second wild card, which is a big deal.
0: They are 78 and 61, seventy eight and 17 games over five hundred. That is a season high. They've won thirty three of fifty two. We mentioned eight and two on that ten game road trip. Bo is on a bit of a heater, cooled off a little bit today. Still got a uh, still got a hit, but Bo is on more than a little bit of a heater. Bo is on a heater. Kevin, are you seeing anything? Any signs that Vladdy's coming out of it a bit?
1: Well, what do you have? He had a couple of uh, hits today over 110 miles an hour. That's the 56. it's 56 balls this season that he hit over 110 miles an hour. I know. We, you know. We thought Vladdy was going to come in here and do the exact same thing he did last year, but sometimes that's just not possible, especially when guys are game planning and everybody's trying to get you out and not let you beat them. It is the ground ball to third to short that worries you a little bit. Why is that happening? Is he too quick? Is he not quick enough? Is he chasing? Uh, is it all the above? Is he you know? Is it the wrist thing? It doesn't look that way to make cuz man, when he barrels up baseballs, he hits balls harder than any human could ever hit a baseball. It's am I seeing anything different? Look, it's when you he's facing guys that don't throw 95 and above it's the ones that are close. I think that he thinks he has to generate a little bit more, have a little bit better hip turn. That's the reason why he grounds over when a guy doesn't throw that hard, he can let it travel a little bit more. And that's why you see the velocities go up off the bat and, they're going to need Vladdy. You know, they're, they're for me anyway, they're not a great team because Vladdy is having the year he's having because they don't have the depth and the rotation. They don't have the balanced lineup, but they're a really good team. And I think to be a little bit better, Vladdy's got to get hot and do it in a hurry.
0: Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez, by the way, came off the paternity suspended list today, uh, had a couple of hits, had a single in the second inning. That inning, to me, really was where Martin Perez that was kind of where you knew it was coming, right? Alejandro Kirk draws a walk. Hernandez singles him over to second. Chapman's called out and strikes. Espinal's called out and strikes. And then uh, Merrifield pops up. What was it uh, of the first six strikeouts? The first seven strikeouts, six were called strikeouts or something like that. Five. Oh, of five, out of this, five out of five the out of five out of five out of the seven were called strikeouts. So mm-hmm. that to me is kind of where the the tail of the the tale of the series, or the, sorry, the tale of the game was told. Huey and Grand Bend on the tax line. No time for negativity. This team is right in the mix with some of the best Jays teams ever. No go. team ever wins the World Series in March on paper. Boy, do Jays fans know that. Enjoy the ride. Let's see what these boys can do against the Rays and keep rolling into the playoffs. Jeremy from Norwich, same thing. Let's not get in a team that went 8-2 and on an important road trip. We're lined up for an exciting September push. What more could you ask, Jeremy? I don't think anybody's getting on it. We're just offering the observation today that this this was an opportunity lost and every game does matter at this point in the season this was a chance to gain a little ground on the rays and it was lost f- it was lost against a team that isn't very good and it was lost with a bullpen day and rather would you rather, a, would you a, rather
1: a, go would you rather go to tampa and play three games or would you rather play three games to Roger
0: center i know what my answer would be yep Oh, exactly, and and that's why we that's why I started the show the way I did because again I don't think a team in this payroll should be in a position position where it's got a bullpen day in September 11th. To me that, to me that, and that's not again that's not in the manager that's not in the coaching staff. Hmm. To me that is a uh, that is a situation that that's a failure in the part of the front office that uh, the Jays are in this are in this position where they are right now. However. 8-2 road trip. Adam in North York will take you before we get to the break. You want to talk about what the Rays and Yankees are doing. Interesting, isn't it, watching the Yankees these past couple of games. Now, they, Kevin, you asked uh, you asked Jack Curry what the what the Yankees could do to help out Aaron Judge. I mean, they've done the only thing they can do. They moved him into the leadoff spot, trying to get that, that extra at-bat for him. But Adam, you want to talk about the Rays and the Yankees.
1: Yeah, there's a guy who calls in all the time saying, oh, you know, the Yankees are going to fall apart, and it's it's good that the Yankees won the last two games because if the, if, if Tampa were to overtake them, it would, there would be five games between Toronto and the Yankees. Once they fell into the, and bumped out spot and looking now with whether Cleveland or Minnesota, or now it looks like the white Sox might actually slip up the middle. Yes. Um, good call. Um, I, and yeah, and it, if they come up the middle, then it means Cleveland f- falls into that spot. So it's good that the Yankees are playing better, not bad.
0: Yeah, it's uh, thanks for the call. This has been an, intra- an an intriguing weekend. You know, the Yankees, as we've said, they, I mean, the Yankees, Kevin. I don't know how they're doing it, but I mean, they got deep into the into the Rays bullpen today. After I believe the Rays used a position player, were forced to use the position player to pitch. Yesterday, Chicago White Sox have discovered the uh, have discovered the secret to success. Keep Tony LaRusso in the hospital. I mean, really, I can't put it any other way. Be nice. Tony LaRusso away from the team. Uh, They are uh, very much back into the picture right now. uh, That's an interesting point. I I still think I still think only one team's coming out of the central. I mean, they may end up just kind of killing each other off. But I do feel I I will say this, even without. Even with today's result, I'm a lot I'm fairly comfortable now with the Jays vis a vis the Orioles. I'm pretty comfortable about that right now, where those where the Orioles are compared to the Jays. But uh I yeah, I don't know. I Kevin, I think I think the Yankees I think the Yankee slide is, is is real. I would not be surprised if they slide out of that first place. I just wouldn't be. I just yeah, don't would be I, I, I well, would be let's a, see what let see what they, Luis Severino. Let's see what if yeah. Luis Severino. I said at the start of the year he was going to be the most important pitcher in the American League East. I still think he will be, but man, if they if 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 he doesn't get it going, I, I think that team's in in real jeopardy. I watched bits I, of their games the past couple of days. They're really on fumes.
1: That's because they're not healthy. Like, it's when you don't have your best guys. I mean, you take Vladdy or Bo or Vladdy and Bo and leave George. Look at, look at what the team looks like for the Blue Jays when George Springer's not in the lineup every single day. And you're seeing the Yankees trying to piece it together. I think they had five guys in the lineup the other day with numbers on their back at 90 or bigger. Like, what's the last time you ever seen a Yankees team do that? So, it's getting Stanton back's a big deal. You see him when he hits baseballs, you know, he just – Seems to help Judge get more pitches to hit. Now, again, I would never pitch the Judge when the game's on the line, ever. No no chance I'm letting him beat, beat me. But the Rizzo thing, getting him back on the with the back issue, and, you know, D.J. LeMay, who has been having some injuries. And I think just for the Yankees offensively, get everybody healthy. They get everybody that they can get healthy towards the end of the season and going into the playoffs, I think they'll be just fine because it's – you know they know how to win. I, I don't think you can teach a team how to win. They know how to win. If it's just health wise, getting people back, they can do that. I think if you're a Yankees fan, you should be okay. But all the other teams, look, it's right in front of you.
0: Four-one, the Texas Rangers beat the Blue Jays, averting a sweep at the hands of the Blue Jays. Still a real good road trip for Toronto, though. Eight and two, they're seventy-eight and sixty-one. They've got five games coming up against Tampa Bay. The rotation is set up really well. Barrios, Manoa, and Mitch White likely in one of the two games. The doubleheader on Tuesday, Stripling and Gossman. They pretty much have their pitching lined up. Pretty much have their pitching lined up the way they need it to be. 416-870-0590, star 590, one Triple is the text line. We'll go back to the text line, back to the phone lines after this break. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: We feel good. It was a great road trip. Guys are really competing, um, playing well overall. You know, I really like where we are um, as a group and um, looking forward to an exciting week at home.
0: Yeah, it should be a real exciting week at home, that's for sure. Five games against the Tampa Bay Rays right out of the gate. Then the Baltimore Orioles come in. Meaningful baseball in September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. 416-870-0590, star 590, one 590 Jennifer in Toronto will get to you in a minute. Right now, though, it's time for the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet in things like player props, totals of the money line across many different sports, 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. We've already uh, touched on this. But it would have been a fine day for the Blue Jays to record a win today. Tampa Bay is currently being flogged mm-hmm. by the New York Yankees 10-3. to The Boston Red Sox. Huh? Your Rays. See, that's just not necessary. <laughs> the Boston Red Sox beat the Baltimore Orioles one nothing. Cleveland's beaten Minnesota 4-1. These are all scores that may at some point factor into the wild card race. Oakland is leading the Chicago White Sox. 7-3, and I guess of particular importance in the wild-card race. The Seattle Mariners are beating Atlanta 6-1. to one. So, as we stand at this moment, the Yankees are 84-56. and 56. They've got a four-and-a-half game lead on Tampa Bay. As we mentioned, they're in the process of beating the Rays. The Jays are 78-61, and 61, five back of the Yankees in the loss column. They are five-and-a-half games back as of now. Baltimore 73-67. and 67. If you want to focus on the wild card race, and why don't we do that? Tampa Bay seventy-eight and fifty-nine. They're about to go seventy-eight and sixty. They're a game up in the race for home field and the wild card right now. Seattle seventy-eight and sixty-one. They are tied with the Blue Jays, although we mentioned they are beating the Mariners right now. The Jays themselves are seventy-eight and sixty-one. And the Baltimore Orioles are five and a half back of the Jays, six back in the loss column. The Chicago White Sox, seven back in the loss column. That could be eight. By the time that today is concluded. So I, I will say this at, at the risk of being accused of being an, an over, overly optimistic person, Kevin. I think the focus right now for the Blue Jays, finishing as high as you possibly can, just keep winning games. And if the Yankees fall back towards you, you've got those series or you've got that game, those games against New York coming up. Um, it's pretty much at this point just a matter of winning the games and for, never mind how you do it. Whoever whoever, you know, whoever has to come through, right? Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Whoever has to come through to win a game for you, that, that's all that matters right now. It's basically like you're in the playoffs as we speak. Stats doesn't
1: time. matter. Stats stuff. doesn't matter. You do your job as an organization to line everybody up the, the best going against the other teams that are trying to compete with you. Win those games right in front of you.
0: Jennifer Toronto, you want to talk about the offense and not so much the bullpen. Uh,
3: but first I want to say Seattle has – an amazing offense. They have uh, Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, Kirby, four amazing, except for some outlier, um starting pitching, you know, they have that Rodriguez in center field, and, and a, a shutdown bullpen, and you see what we do against the bullpen. We yep. do nothing. We do nothing every single time. We'll get 11 runs against that floundering guy last night and then do nothing and I think this is an issue for the Jays the Jays uh, beat up on uh, the Baltimore bullpen guy who had a a bad game uh, but then they did nothing you know what I mean and I I don't see consistency I don't see adjustments and I think this is going to be a huge problem maybe I'm wrong but oh man I hate these like 10 run innings, and then
2: nothing.
0: Mm. Mm. Appreciate the call, Jennifer. I'm going to turn it over to Bark.
1: uh, Well, well, again, you know, I, I think you can say something about the Blue Jays, that they're winning games in all different kinds of ways. Sometimes it'll be a blowout. Sometimes it's a one-run game. You know, the, John now can manage from the back, from the ninth inning backwards because of who he's got in the ninth inning. You know, when Jimmy Garcia is raring and ready to go, so they got the ninth and the eighth inning solidified, he, he his job's a little bit easier. So I do think there's something to going into the playoffs that they can bank on, that they can win games in many different ways. We know I, – I think we can all agree that they're not a perfect team, right? They still have some flaws, just like any other team's got – so it's you know, it's not gonna be an easy feat. But they do have a really, really good team. Like they have some really good players and they're they're doing things in September that we thought they should be doing. And the first guy that I think is the one guy that you sorta of, if you wanna point a finger at, is Barrios. That that's the guy for me. I know Jeff's been tooting that horn all all year, and I've been the one guy that said, "Hey, let's, you know, let's look at what's right in front of you." He hasn't been real good. Let's not worry about the six-year deal. Let's worry about the first year in that six-year deal. But I give him credit. Like he went and made some adjustments. He looks like he can make in-game adjustments, which is a huge deal. So I just think they're they're doing whatever it takes to win a baseball game in any way they can win it. And you tip your hat to him.
0: I'm going to say this though, further to Jennifer's point, is and I, and I think we're Jennifer is dead on, is with this. The lack of effective left-handed hitting really does manifest itself, Kevin, when you get into the bullpen because the Jays, the Jays are not the most difficult offensive team in the planet to match up against if you've got a good bullpen. They aren't. and and you know, look, Kevin Biggio. Jackie Bradley Jr., Bradley Zimmer, that's not the type of impactful left-handed hitting you need. And, And I really think that's where the sort of the sameness of the Jays lineup comes into play, and that may be why you can pitch against them out of the bullpen because they are relatively easy to game plan for. I mean, realistically, when Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is back, who are you going to pinch hit for? You look at this team, well, you're not pinch-hitting for Springer. You're not pinch-hitting for Guerrero. You're, Espinal's the guy you would pinch-hit for. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the outfielders. But that's it. Mm-hmm. It's they're, they're not an especially hard team to go into your pre-series pitching meeting and, and look at and say, this is how we're going to let it play out. Yeah, but if this what what this
1: does is this is why I brought up Barrios. When you don't have those things, and it's easier to pitch to your team because they're heavily right-handed and you can do it with two pitches, is now that puts pressure on your starting rotation. I just think Barrios sort of turning the corner and making it a little easier gives this chance a little – a better chance to go a little bit deeper, in my mind yeah. anyway.
0: Understanding that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is hurt right now, is there not a better option than Whitmerfield? Yeah,
1: I like Romel Tapia, but again, it's about the lefty. Romel Tapia doesn't like the lefties. You can tell that. Like his at bats are very uncomfortable. That breaking ball that goes down and away, he no like So you got to put a righty in, and and give John credit. He's he's given a veteran guy every opportunity to contribute on a winning team. Give it, give it, give it to him. Like, and let's be honest, Jeff. Did, what other option would they have? Like, it's, it's not like you're, you know, you, you're trying to run a revolving door at second because for whatever reason they want to play Santiago Espinal every single day, like I would. But it's when you're playing the, when you're facing the lefty and you want to run a bunch of righties out there. I know they had JBJ in there today and hitting in the night hole playing in, in center field. But it's more mainly when you're facing the lefties, you're running that a bunch of righties. There. Out there. They. They just don't have enough quality off the bench. It's like the quality of the depth of the rotation. Right now, they just don't have it.
0: Yeah, that that may have been it with Jackie Bradley Jr. Want his defense in center field because that is kind of an odd center field uh, in Texas. You want his defense in there in sure. center. George Springer's DHing, so you are kind of obligated. See, I have less of an issue with Whit Merrifield playing in right field than I do at second. If your lineup is set up the way it is today, you've got to give George Springer that DH day. You don't have Lourdes – us. I mean, I'm okay with having with Merrifield there. It's, where not I, his
1: def- it's not his defense; it's his offense. Offensively, yeah. it looks like he's lost. But, but and that's I an have, issue.
0: Yeah, where I have an issue is when is when the Jays play him instead of Santiago Espinal. But who knows? Mm-hmm. That may, that may in fact, uh, that may in fact change down the road. Peter in Toronto in the text line. He's fine with MLB's changes to speed up the game. We'll talk about that a little more tomorrow and add offense to the game, but he, this is a quote, the arrogance and incompetence by umpires does affect the outcome, the outcome of the game. Today's included 90% might be a good result in a math exam, but with umpires, it's a sign of them not doing their job, send them in rehab to the minors. It's frustrating for friends and grossly unfair to the players and the integrity of the game. What do you think? The reason I'm bringing that out there is Paul and Peterborough says umpires should have to review video in game of their strikes and bad calls between innings. Uh, Paul, you want to speed up the game? Having umpires review their strikes and balls between innings uh, is is pointless, and it's not going to undo the damage it's already done. I mean, that that's that's the thing. The damage is already done. Rob Drake today. Kevin, you were right. Rob Drake. Uh, I'll say awful. this. for He was awful, but for the <laughs> – he was awful, but I don't know if I've ever seen two teams accept – a more awful umpiring job than that. He was bad for both teams. He truly was bad for both teams. You, I'm stunned that nobody got ejected, that people didn't get ejected out of that game.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe they're used to it. Maybe that's the thing. The, the conversations I have with the coaches and the players, it's sort of like Groundhog Day. They are what they are. This... You know, when you watch a baseball game, it's just that that where it's I, – I, how are you calling that consistently at the big league level? I remember when I stunk in the big leagues, Jeff, I, it was urgent for me to fix it. I had yeah. to run and get – as an umpire, have any urgency to fix however bad he is? No, he'll be a big leaguer, and he'll be a big league umpire until he's 100. So. I will say this.
0: We saw a poorly umpired game by Jeff Nelson. I think it was Jeff Nelson earlier in the year that really, no whatever coincidence or not, really kind of seemed to put the Blue Jays off of their game for a couple of games after that. And, uh, oh, don't say it. Let's hope that that doesn't happen uh, with. Think uh, with Rob Drake today. Um, yeah, no. Listen, eight and eight and two road trip. You got to be positive. Eight and two. This is. I'll say they've 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 done what we they've won thirty three out of their last fifty two games. That's. Pretty damn good. Thirty three. So you really playing good. fourteen games over five hundred. That's what good teams do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. You, you, you've got to be optimistic. I'll say this: you do have your pitching lined up for Tampa Bay. You didn't. You you didn't have to use Romano. You didn't have to use Garcia today in a losing effort. So your big guys are rested. Your big guys are ready mm-hmm. to go. This is this is about as best, other than being in first place and having a five game lead over the Rays. This is kind of about as I think the best we could have expected from this team, given the way this this season's gone.
1: Punch the gas pedal, keep it going. That's what I say.
0: The final score of this afternoon: four-one for the Texas Rangers. The Jays are coming home after an 8 2 road trip. They have a big five-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays coming up. We'll have it here on Sportsnet five ninety the fan for you tomorrow, as always. Kevin Barker, and myself from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, and the Sportsnet Radio Network. So, for all of us here, thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. DJ Wildside, baseball fans.